This podcast is brought to you by 1929 Part 1, the album from Congo, streaming now everywhere. Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, etc. Hello and welcome to episode 47 of The Front Lounge with Congos. My name is Johnny Congos. I'm one of the four Congos brothers, and we have our trusty sidekick, Colton, also known as Cookie, here. Um, it's been a bit of a delay. We've been traveling for the last two or three weeks, doing a bunch of fly gigs, and so there's, we haven't done a podcast in a while, but we're back. This is a special episode. We're going to get into Come With Me Now a little bit, because it just hit 100 million views on YouTube, which is pretty cool. And later on in the podcast, we'll be reading some of our favorite worst comments on YouTube. Yeah, or well, not just YouTube tweets and stuff. We, whenever a song gets that big, people get hate, and we have decided. To, I think Johnny decided to screenshot the the best ones over the last few years. So we've got some gems in there. Um, so continue to listen if you want to hear all kinds of horrible shit said about us which really is quite enjoyable well the internet is a cesspool and youtube is the bottom of the cesspool of (laughs) the internet so the comments are just ridiculous some of them we won't actually be even able to repeat on air um for fear of being very offensive yeah it just goes zero to completely racist or homophobic within you know zero seconds it's it, it it's obviously a problem that everyone's addressed you know more f- philosophical discussion here of whether anonymity is a good thing on the internet it probably ultimately is but it does seem to just bring out the worst of people when there's no consequences for what they say yeah, it's you like know. westworld yeah <laughs> everybody treats each other like a robot um they get to practice all of their hate so we'll get to that stuff in a minute what have you guys been up to <laughs> well, well, we just got back from tour. Other than being on a fucking plane for twelve hours, uh, yeah, we had a we had a nice. Um, well, now I'm speaking to the audience. You guys know this. We had a, a nice four shows up in the Northeast: um, Toronto, Waterloo, Buffalo, and Albany. And yeah, it was it was nice being up in that part of the country. And before that, we not played in the middle Kentucky of winter. Derby. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. that was kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we played the Kentucky Derby and got rained out basically an hour or two, an hour and a half before we went on. The announcers said that there was a severe weather warning, rain and storm coming, so everyone should take cover or go home. <laughs> so everyone went home, and then they didn't announce when the weather had passed that the show was still going on. So uh, instead of a few thousand people there, I think we played to maybe 100, 200 people. Yeah, but they were really great, 150 people. <laughs> they were, actually. The people that stick around from that usually are the really hardcore fans, which mm. is cool. We went to they were, we were staying at a hotel just outside town, and there was a bar there called I think Johnny Green or something and Friends. Yeah, and they did a little bit of research on him, and he was a kind of a, a sta- staple. I don't know what's the word, but basically an institution in Kentucky in Louisville, uh, R and B singer, and he was there, and he's got this bar, and he performs every night there. Been doing it for twenty five years. Yeah, for twenty five years at that place. Yeah, and it was kind of a weird scene because he was very good and his band was very good, but they're playing all on like weird electronic instruments, and it just sounded like this weird uh, mall band or something. But all very good and quite 
soulful. But then it's like the hipsters had found out about this bar because it was all just like 25-year-old dudes with, you know, hipster outfits on dancing to this. You know, it's, it was a weird scene because he was doing this thing. He wasn't doing it to be ironic. But then I just got the feeling like a bunch of douches had found, oh, there's this kind of silly, weird bar where this guy's playing cheesy but not quite cheesy music and we can go kind of make fun of it but have fun at the same time. It was a very weird scene. Yeah. It was weird. I think that, I guess that's a, what I was listening to was the same thing. Like the bass player was awesome. Bass player was really good. And you rarely hear, you rarely hear dudes who chill like that unless they're old dudes who've been around a while. Like it's, it's nice to hear musicians who are not so excitable all the time. And he actually was <laughs> probably comfortable with himself as a person and it translated into his playing. But, because the sounds were kind of goofy coming from the synth player and, and and like using the drum machine and all that, I think that the the audience just you're right they were take like they viewed it ironically, yeah because of the nature of the sounds. Whatever. Before but, that, we were in Florida. We haven't done a podcast since before Florida, right? Yeah, I don't I think, think so. so. Yeah, nice. we were we played Sand Jam in um, Panama City Beach and got to see the Kings of Leon again. I thought it was the best. They've sounded in a long time that I heard. Yeah, it did sound really good. And um, you could tell it was kind of a weird crowd. People have been standing on the beach all day, so it wasn't the most animated crowd for any of the acts. And, uh, you know, about halfway through, Caleb goes, we kind of need to get a better vibe going here (laughs) to the audience. Yeah, I I thought that was funny. You said it straight up, just saying like, hey, guys. You're kind of lacking the energy here. Must they were been, they I, were drunk because on they were the headliner obviously that night and and I was standing in the crowd watching them and there were people just like the audience ca- was carried, yeah the audience was having to be carried out <laughs> like full grown full grown men in their fifties and sixties were just being carried out by their wives. <laughs> we we went out the night before when we arrived and the only place open was a place called the Salty Go- Salty Goat Saloon. And it was very well named. It was fucking <laughs> like every stereotype you have in your head about Florida, this place was trying to fulfill. You know, there's like an oxycodone or what oxycontin like ad, you know, saying, talking about all the uh, opiate addictions there, like lawyers, then there's bike shops, like selling uh, all the beach bike stuff. It was just everything you could imagine. A lot of groups of four dudes rolling up in giant fucking pickups and then, you know, getting in to the bar. That's We had to we had to kind of duck out of there a little early because it was starting to get rowdy. I don't know, man. Florida, why, why is Florida, it's the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful states in the country, I think. And then there's Florida, <laughs> the people. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the Keys, though. I didn't realize, have you seen the the bridges that connect all the islands? You yeah. Just drive, this is crazy. It's cool. Yeah, you don't quite realize how tropical and southern they are. Like yeah. They're very, they're much further than you think down. They're basically like they're in the Caribbean. Yeah, blooming pirates and stuff down there, mate. <laughs> pirates of the yeah. Caribbean. Um, yeah, so then this last little bit we did was brutal travel, I thought. We've become very spoiled, and we had to. Do, we did a bunch of. It was the most effective way to do it was actually just to drive ourselves on this run because it was so weird and sporadic the routing. And I don't ever need to travel in a van tour again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I were to do it though, the minivan is the way to go. 
It's yeah, very. You mean as opposed to like a commercial sprinter or something because it's the seats we, are more comfortable. Yeah, we didn't even have the worst of it. Mick and Tony had to drive the Penske truck. Yeah, and so those gigs that finish at midnight, and then we have to drive till four or five a.m. to the next city um, to make it in time for an early morning loadout after having gotten no sleep the night before. Um, driving in a fucking Penske truck is the worst of it. Anything else we should complain about? You guys want to complain about Game of Thrones some more? <laughs> I'm all I'm all caught up now. I've liked the last couple episodes because there's no dialogue, so. Jeez. Yeah, but it feels like the they're just realizing how shit it is, and they're like, "Well, if we just kill a bunch of people and make it really gory and brutal, then people will talk about that rather than the fact that the writing is." Yeah, terrible. The, the motivations. Um, not to get back into this for too long, <laughs> but you're probably bored. The motivations for all the characters don't make any sense. It's like the. Well, it's they just got to the point where they're like, okay, we need four twists for this episode, so let's just pull one eighties on these two characters, you yeah. know, and yeah. let's make these two characters make up and kiss, even yeah. though for fucking however many seven seasons they've hated each other. It's gotten to the point where I was hoping at the end that just everyone died. It's getting, I, I it's ho- getting I, pretty close. The dragons killing yeah. pretty much everything. I hope, like I'm the, on the dragon side. She just <laughs> set, sets everything on fire and kills everyone and then like there's no there can be no follow up to the story (laughs) no because they they can always make a prequel oh damn it I've I've read some articles online about you know the problem with Game of Thrones writing and and how they've portrayed women in it you know there's uh, how basically the two main female leaders turn out to be (laughs) Cersei and Daenerys turn out to be fucking nutcases and so they basically they're pointing out that if you boil the message of the show down is, is you know, I saw a bunch of tweets, people saying, bitches are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's kind of true. It's, it's like, partly true that they're doing that, but at the same time, all the men leaders were crazy too. You know, Joffrey was yeah, a psycho. They, Who wasn't? Didn't, it, didn't the whole kind of show the power start off a, because they killed the Mad King? Isn't yeah. that the whole like beginning of the show? Yeah, yeah. It's it's just showing the power. If you get power, you're crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, but the other side of the portraying women thing is, is as well. Who's the who's the really tall, the knight, the one that they knighted? Uh, Brienne or something. Brienne, yeah, yeah. She was like this badass character that doesn't take shit from anyone, can kill and beat up anyone, and then. Now, she has sex one time. Yeah, she has sex one time, and now she's like blubbering, and <laughs> she she's saying goodbye to Jamie. Like, the, is this evil guy that's been evil for seven seasons? He pushed a kid off a fucking building, yeah, so that he could have sex with his sister, and then and now all of a sudden he's a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you, look. However badly they're portraying women or portraying men or everybody, they are consistently bad about everything they're doing. <laughs> So you have to commend them for and that. And we still watch it. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm all for shows that are able to sort of tackle the nuance of morality, you know, where, you know, because somebody does a bad thing doesn't necessarily make them a bad person. I like shows that can can walk that line and really show the nuance of it. But this is like the opposite of nuance in every direction. It's just blunt bullshit. Yeah, it's it's Colton's so pissed right now because he hasn't he hasn't watched oh, the. Oh, we're doing spoilers. Well, we're, <laughs> he's been waiting to watch. Hey, spoiler! Whole, it sucks. Yeah, everyone just comes up to me and says says it sucks. So, I'm, but it's I, no, you're going to be pleasantly surprised now. You like you have this expectation it's going to suck and you're going to enjoy it. This way, Kenny Carkeet from Fitness loves it. But there was that video you can find recently going around. It was a compilation of all the main actors being interviewed at the premieres and that, asking how they 
felt about the last season and there's just it's every single one has got this awkward pause and then like I I liked it you know I was happy and they, you can all tell they're like oh this sucks I'm kind of embarrassed to be a part of it and obviously minus the massive yeah, checks that sure. they're getting um, yeah I saw I saw a little meme there's a picture of Cersei you know standing at the window and something was like congratulations to her actor name to her for earning one million dollars an episode for standing at a window drinking a glass of wine <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I wish I was rich. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think, I think the amount because I, I started watching. I didn't uh, start watching this season right away, and you guys were shitting on it, and that was actually a good thing. It's, it's the best thing you can do is hear somebody shit on the show because then your expectations will be zero, and it's not. It's like ninety nine percent as bad as everyone said it is. Not a hundred percent. I was trying to figure out, and this, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think that long about it, obviously, but like, how does it make money? Because on HBO, it must be merch, basically. And they license no, it. No, they license it around <laughs> the, the world. Or I guess to other TV stations and stuff like that. Yeah. No, yeah, they're making a fortune. And merch. Well, then subscribers, probably not covering it, but it does keep their sus- subscriber I also base think going. the CIA probably is giving HBO a pretty decent yeah. paycheck for glorifying violence. And, and Starbucks. That yeah. is something I've thought about recently is for as anti-war and progressive as hollywood pretends to be all they've done is propagandize the glory of war and yeah fighting for something and it's it's either just cynical probably in 90 percent of the cases or you got to go conspiratorial on it i don't think it's necessarily either of those i do think they are cynical as a default but i think also it's fucking entertaining because we've got reptile brains that like seeing shit we like seeing primordial stuff. Yeah, so yeah no, I, I like it. Everyone likes it. But I'm saying they do that. Talk about you know, whenever someone invades a country in real life, mm-hmm. the anti-war, obviously. But then they glorify the very ideals that are behind that. You yeah, I, I'd say like they would probably say, well, there's no reason you shouldn't be able to make entertainment and separate real life from entertainment. But I would say that they're obviously linked. Yeah, there's just there's been very few war mm-hmm. movies that don't also end up glorifying. Like I can think of a couple, uh, yeah. uh, Born on the Fourth of July with Tom Cruise, the Oliver Stone movie. That really makes Full Metal war Jacket is pretty not Yeah. Is pretty fucking uh, Generation Kill, that remember that show on HBO? Yeah. That was really, really good. It was about the first Iraq invasion. And it was so it was actually an inspiration and a influence for Buscall in a in a weird way because it wasn't a documentary, but it really felt real. They didn't glamorize or glorify it. It was, you know, they showed what the daily life was, which was like 90% fucking trying to get some rest or, you know, figuring out what you're going to eat or, you know, a lot of mundane stuff. But then the violence and the actual war was so real and there was no... It's not like the fucking 50s movies, you know, where the hero is like carrying four people on his back and he comes home and everybody loves him and he has no PTSD, you know. It's yeah. like, it's fucking That was brutal. David Simon. Did you say that? I no. didn't say that. But uh, yeah, yeah d- the same guy that made The Wire. Uh, he's working on a new show, apparently. I forgot what it's about. I will do some research on that. <laughs> um, oh, wait, that's what Colton will do. What do we... Get on it. Here's another is question. Is not has, coming back? Does anybody no, I think read it is. books yeah. anymore? I feel like TV shows have basically 
replaced books, and I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I don't. People always make it out as though reading is better than watching something. It's pretty much equally passive. There's a few books which make you where you you can't read them without literally participate. You know, it requires all of your mental capacity to read them. But those books are very few and far between. The rest of them are kind of as passive as watching a TV show. Yeah, reading a trashy novel is. Yeah, you don't I'm sure there are good points. books out there, but there's so many old books. You know, yeah. How do you good filter? new books? It's, right. it's harder to filter them because I guess it takes. It's it's such a long process. That, but also now it's yeah. There's there's so many books coming out, uh, whereas the publishing of books was much more rare. I feel like over the last couple hundred years, and there's got so much to catch up on. <laughs> We've probably talked about this before, but whenever I feel like bad for myself and or for being in the music business and how hard it is to get someone to pay attention to a new song think about being an author and trying to get someone to read your book mm-hmm. you know like here spend 50 hours and tell me if you think this has got a potential it's just impossible to think about how you'd go about doing that i guess the consolation is that the people you're trying to appeal to are people who are willing to spend time on something yeah no i just mean even trying to appeal to publishers or editors yeah, yeah. or the you know curators like yeah trying to get an eye in when when the commitment just to see whether they want to write about or do a review or something is so high. Mm. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I can't write. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It does seem it does seem like a different kind of mind that can write a novel. So yeah, it looks like his new show is an adaptation of Philip Roth's The Plot Against America. Oh. Alternate um history of America. Uh, alternate history. Yeah. Isn't but they're saying history. the deuce is coming to an end, what, like just season three or whatever. Hmm. That was a really good show, and it's got James Gandolfini's son in it, and I just found out he's going to be doing the prequel of Sopranos playing Tony Soprano. Young Jeez. Tony Soprano, yeah. 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 So, so that, We're in, why don't we get into the f- TV business? We, we, we know so much about TV shows. We tried with Bus Call. Yeah. <laughs> um... Colton, right. you got any news for us? Big news, guys. Uh, Paris Hilton just came out with a new song called <laughs> Best Friend's Ass with Kim Kardashian. Uh, Be- what's called what? Best Friend's Ass. Best Friend's <laughs> Ass? Yes. That's a real song. It's what? It's about Kim's butt? Yes. Uh, <laughs> is, it, is it? Is the... Oh, I guess so we wait, could, let's she try still speculate on what the song's her? about. Is the song about how Kim Kardashian came along with a, with her ass and took the limelight away from Paris Hilton? Because was, that was around about the time that the focus of the entire globe changed from Paris Hilton to Kim Kardashian. Is that what it's about? I, I think so. I think you uh, hit the nail on the head there. I, it's maybe not. It's not about Kim Kardashian's favorite donkey. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, that's exciting. <laughs> that is, that's pretty awesome. Jeez, yeah. List list that you put together, Colton, is basically a list of things that make me want to quit the music business. Well, let's go. Let's move on to the next one. What I can't even see it. What this? What's the next news item? Um, couple deaths this past week: Doris Day and Tim Conway. Tim Conway. Just that's this the morning. only people that died this week. Not the only people that died this week, but some of the big ones. Mm. Huh. I don't know who is Tim Conway. I know who Doris Day is. Um, he's like a comedian, actor, uh. old school, just like Doris Day. Yeah, my only reference for Doris Day is 
like our grandma used to live in Glendora, California, which we always called Doris Dayville. And I don't even quite get the reference. I just got the the uh, kind of message it was showing. Like it's just this Pleasantville, perfect little California mm. village. You know, just every beautiful street, tree lined, and little neighborhood coffee shops and hair salons. So <laughs> this is complete non sequiturs. These things. Yeah. Um, but what's the, ne- what's the next item? This. Wait, can we just stay on this old person, old age thing? Because David. Uh, David Sedaris was on uh, Conan, and I found that pretty interesting. That he he bought back their childhood um, beach home or something like that, right? Yeah. And he he he's the kind of the driving force behind getting his whole family to come back and do little reunions there every year, and kind of his extended family as well. And he was saying how because he's back at the place that he has so many childhood memories, it gives him this feeling of not knowing how they all got there, how they all got to be so old, which I think is true. Is when you go back to a place that you were as a kid, it really highlights that sensation of just like, oh fuck, how did <laughs> how the fuck did I get here? Well, yeah, because you in your normal day to day life, you live a little more currently, and you don't think of the mm. distance it's been. In yeah, but I. I think that you're just caught up. I think that when you get a sense of the distance, you're actually living more currently. Yeah, yeah. And I like he's he's hysterical and yeah. also he's deep. Quite, he's yeah, quite he's, different. Yeah. He's so different. Like his sense of humor is so kind of lateral and different. Yeah. All right, Colton. What's the next item? <laughs> Back to touring news. Blink One Eighty Two and Lil Wayne are going on tour together. Like I said, my, I want to quit the music business. Uh, I don't mind Lil Wayne. Um, yeah, he's fine. I would like to get. I would like to see what their merch looks like. You know, if they do any joint merch, because um, back when Drake and Lil Wayne toured together, we all got these bootleg Lil Wayne Drake shirts, and it was pretty fucking <laughs> silly looking merch. I wonder if Lil um, Wayne and Travis Barker are gonna get a tattoo together. <laughs> what I'd love to see is Travis Barker. Do a drum solo while Little Wayne does a guitar solo. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, all right, next item. That's it. That's all. That's all. Colton has for us. Okay. Thanks you for guys researching. Get two or three things. Okay. Well, that's. I haven't looked at the news in a week, and apparently there's nothing interesting going. Well, on Colton, in the world. you have some per- personal news, right? You're going to um, Vegas this weekend. Yes, I'm going to Vegas this weekend to. Get married? Or? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, they get divorced. <laughs> <laughs> what are you getting? What are you doing there? Um, I'm visiting my girlfriend who's working at EDC. And are you? Is, and are you going to go to EDC? What is that? Uh, it's Electric, Electric Daisy, Car- Daisy Carnival. Yeah. It's like that um, EDM festival, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mixed so you, you so you might time. actually get married, is what you're saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> Depending on what happens, at if EDC. enough people are on E, you know, there's a fucking chapel every corner. Mm-hmm. That's uh, well, you're in for a trip. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you say you're going to actually go to the f- festival or not? I don't think so, but now it's kind of seeming like she wants to check it out since she. It's set probably it all a spectacle up. to see. Man. Exactly. Yeah, so. I mean, that's like. That's like the um, Tomorrowland. Tomorrowland of America. You know, the, t- the one that the, the big EDM festival they do in, in uh, Belgium. And that one, looks, that one looks awesome. 
Uh, so many buildups and then fake drops. You're gonna I feel to- like I feel like it's. You're probably right. You probably would get over it really quickly, but I would still wouldn't mind seeing one of those things in real life. Yeah, I'm sure it would be cool. I think uh, you should have practiced your dancing more over the last few months. Like anytime we have a dance party, Colton's not that participative. <laughs> Dude, you here's what you need. You need those like Reebok pump up shoes and like a little backpack that goes Some really tight. Neon pasties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um, went to. Uh, we better get video. Of Colton dancing in EDC with, yeah. <laughs> with a backpack on and neon pasties. I'm going to wear a Congo's tote bag. But your girl, your girlfriend <laughs> is like this. <laughs> is your, I don't think you should dance next to your girlfriend because she can actually, she's like an incredible hula hooper dancer type person. That's so you true. Should, yeah, you don't want to be, you should be dancing in different frames. Well, they say opposites attract. So. <laughs> <laughs> she must be very it smart. It must be true. <laughs> <laughs> um... I went to a, f- a rave that was put on by that uh, what is it called Burning Man promoters in Phoenix after our show in Phoenix, and that they had this thing upstairs. It was called a rolling uh, couch or rolling pit or something like that. It's a big circular couch that all these people were lying around in, and they were all just kind of flopped over each other because they were all on ecstasy. So they had this big couch. And it went around in a big circle, and they were just kind of there, kind of petting each other. <laughs> in the, it was a it was a proper party though. It was a well designed, well you know, everything put together party. It felt like something out of, uh, not Super Troopers. What's that movie in the future where they kill the aliens? Uh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. <laughs> I watched a bit of that documentary about Studio Fifty Four and. I didn't realize how short-lived that club was. For as legendary as it is, it was mm. very short-lived before it got taken down. I think it was tax evasion or something. They ended up busting them on. But it was pretty crazy that they were they just understood everything about making something desired, the, mm. the uh, owners of that club. like Every aspect of it was so cleverly thought about making it just – it was viral. At the, yeah. you know, at the time before it was viral, the lines outside, like there was the opening night, they have this epic shot from like a twentieth floor looking down on the street, it was just fucking packed of people trying to get into opening night of a club. <laughs> you know, it was, they just really understood that. It was interesting. Yeah. Um. All right. So why don't we get to this? What this podcast is called? Come with me now. One hundred million views party extravaganza. Um, that's pretty cool. We made a video for $60 and it's had 100 million views. Yeah. And, and thanks to the marvels of record labels, we've probably made that back <laughs> at least three times over. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, if we were making the money from this song, let me tell you, we would not be doing podcasts. We'd be <laughs> fucking throwing our own EDM festivals. <laughs> I'd have cheese and crackers. <laughs> <laughs> at the same time, uh, each week. Um, well... What yeah, I'm I'm glad you've been saving these all all the way back to 2012 or 2011. Um no, 2012. Johnny's been taking screenshots of his favorite comments and tweets and things like that and saving them because it's there's really there's only so much flattery you can get until it kind of gets almost yeah. boring. Um whereas negative stuff uh, initially, your ego might be hurt, but then it just becomes funny. And like the more the more negative it is, the funnier it gets. Yeah, let's just start reading some. I got one here. We'll start kind of 
basic. Congos, this is on Twitter. Congratulations for somehow getting the dumbest song in history on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) This is a YouTube comment kind of along those lines. Amazing what a little corporate money can do for the unconnected. Payola is alive and well in radio land. It's like very specific comments. Like, Funny that were true. That yeah. would be fucking awesome. It'd be so great to go back to the old payola days. <laughs> um, Congos. <laughs> yeah, I like this one a lot. It's. I'll try to say it phonetically because I've misspelled so much shit. Their logio <laughs> looks like a separated pear, pear spelled like the fruit, <laughs> of test, <laughs> testicles and a long paneels. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Congos are honestly the lamest band sorry guys but I just gotta get that off my chest (laughs) (laughs) I like this one because obviously this guy's English is not his first language so you kind of forgive him but it's just such a funny sentence he says wow how they start this song with the instruments don't listen to this kind of music but they can play instruments (laughs) (laughs) I think whether English is his first language or not like the sentiment is exactly what he's saying so it's still still funny how about this one Congress look like drunks (laughs) (laughs) D Shanks one on YouTube says accordions belong in Mexican videos I'm tired of their sound being rammed down our throats the accordion has no place in rock music that guy sounds like a fucking party. <laughs> well, I think he and Ash should get together because Ash says, never thought an accordion would turn me on. <laughs> I like this one. This was a tweet. It says, I think it's unacceptable that Come With Me Now by Congress plays on Kiss 92. Good music is getting too mainstream. Oh. Like, what are they saying in that one? That that was like a... People shouldn't be able trying to... Trying to be a compliment, like yeah. we're too cool for mainstream. Yeah. Oh, I see. Um, this one says that fucking shitty conga song was on three stations at the same time (laughs) those were the days right guys this song makes me want to be a stripper just so I can get naked to this song for money (laughs) well they certainly understand how stripping works (laughs) Uh, let's see this one here this guy says love your music me and my partner achieve mutual climax to it hashtag come with me now (laughs) I'm 99% sure Come With Me Now was written by the Illuminati. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of Illuminati ones for some yeah. reason. I like them better without the auto-tune. I, I think people think production is auto-tune because there is zero auto-tune on Come With Me Now. I think if people hear... It would be more in tune if we had used yeah. auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> Why the fuck is music now all about selling your soul to the devil? Even an average band with computers can sound great, yet the image the media is constantly portraying is satanic. This is so fucking stupid. Can you just make a good song without all the satanic bullshit attached to it? <laughs> I like how I, I like how we we became part of the media. <laughs> the best thing about the Congos video is that uh, I'm all okay. A lot of these are just two words. I think he's probably trying to fit, fit this into a tweet. The best thing about the Congos video is that a hipster goes to hell. <laughs> Hipsters are ruining America. That hipster is our, one of our good friends, Ryan. Yeah. This one is in Bus Call, in case you've heard this, but I think it's a classic. You guys suck. No talent, ass clowns. My farts play a better tune than the shit you guys put out. Fuck you, dildos. <laughs> <laughs> These brothers are a cult. Um, yeah, I like how that guy spells oh, this, is, this is my favorite. So it's an accordion. I thought it was a fiddle. Learn something every day. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> they show the guy with bare feet way too much. The producer should be fired. He sucks. <laughs> 
Uh, someone, re- this was on the I'm Only Joking video, actually, but it's kind of related because it was a conversation going back and forth about Illuminati. And the guy says, because, you know, Satan always draws people in with his demonic accordion. <laughs> <laughs> Love hey. the song, but they just look like douchebags. <laughs> hey, 101 WKQX, I consider it a personal insult every time you play Come With Me Now by Congos. It's one of the worst songs I've ever heard. <laughs> this guy was, he's an older guy that obviously thought this was a, you know, they were right, like they write comments as though it's a personal email to somebody. He says, I want to make up a line dance to come with me now. Can I do this without any repercussions? I personally think once I put it on YouTube, it will go viral and I do not want to get into trouble. <laughs> His name's Danny Crockett. <laughs> um, this guy, I remember, I remember him tweeting us quite often and anytime the song was used, he would tweet the commercial and like somehow someone that was associated with the commercial. So he tweets, at Farah Ashley, you do realize that the song by The Congos Come With Me Now is a song about the devil. Theme song for MSNBC, a poor choice. <laughs> he would tweet every time the song was used in a commercial, he would tweet them and tell them it was about the devil and say, this is what you want to... This when we got we got a, an ad for Strongbow that in uh, the UK that was using "Come with Me Now" and this guy writes. I'm assuming he's from England. This is some full-on redneckery singing. Whoa, come with me now. What a complete and utter load of shit this is. And Strongbow doesn't help constantly abusing this shit. It's not even a good song. It's absolutely fucking awful. You bunch of talentless cunts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so As, I like this one. Oh shit, I lost it. You read one. All right. The this was in reply to a news story about the the Disney CEO. He's, he was canceling Roseanne. He says, canceling Roseanne was the only thing to do because it was the right thing to do. And uh, this person responded, says, but airing a commercial to bring kids to Disney, Disney World with Conga song about selling your soul to the devil is okay. Penalties of both teams. <laughs> <laughs> this is a hot band, especially the dude on the organ guitar and vocals. Yes, gonna lose myself tonight. <laughs> I like this that, one. That, that one, was, I, I screenshot that one because what the fuck is an organ guitar? I can't tell if they're talking I mean, about... It's a pretty good description if they're talking of an accordion about, if you've never yeah, seen it, one before. Did they mean the the accordion or the slide, the pedal steel? Oh, they could have meant that. Like the thought it was like, a that organ could, You could argue oh, that right. looks like an organ guitar because it's got pedals and stuff and you sit down to play it. Oh, yeah. I mean, either way, close enough. I like organ <laughs> guitar either, either way. That's a great... It's a new instrument we should invent. I like this email... Oh, this one. We get Hello, a couple like this. Hello, my name is... I'll leave that blank. And I'm contacting you all because I was wondering if Congos could use a vocalist. Please get back to me. If interested, maybe we could set up an audition. Doesn't he know I we have four lead times. singers? <laughs> How about... Um, if that bass player is going to have any chance of taking me down, he's going to have to learn five-finger discount slap because he can't fucking play like me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this I don't one, uh, even know what that means, but it's funny. Congos, love your music. Me and my partner achieved mutual climax to it. Hashtag come with me now. Oh, yeah, we, were, we read that one. Where were you? <laughs> when did you read one. that? Pure In this podcast? Yeah, yeah. I must have been reading my own. <laughs> this guy says, um, pure earworm. I'm not a fan of the genre, the band, nor this song. <laughs> <laughs> but it will be stuck in my head for the next century or two. <laughs> I like that we get we've gotten a couple emails like this. They come to our catch-all uh, email address. It says hello, good afternoon. 
I listen to Congus music once in a while. I have a general inquiry on one of the Congus music videos. Is it possible to know the name of the girl in the pink dress at the beginning of the video? Come with me now. I couldn't find any information on her on the internet. Thanks in advance. I will await your response. We get, we've had several of those emails, just creepy fucking guys trying yeah. to find out who the girl in the video is. Yeah. So we won't even say who she is. She's a friend of ours. Yeah. But, <laughs> Who's fucking... <laughs> who goes to that level of formality with their creepiness, though? Hello, and then they Serial format killers. the e- yeah they format the email in like a business letter. <laughs> this is not related to come with me now, but I thought this was this was a really funny one. Jesse, my name is Candace. I was at the concert at the University of Calgary. I have or did have a mad crush on you because of your natural groove on the seat of your kit, and this goes for all four of you. Your older style was real. This new stuff. In my ears is fake and pissy, woe me shit. Have more respect for your parents, your talent, and know you're blessed. <laughs> we, we are <laughs> All right, that's it. Shut the podcast off. Let's go reinvent our sound back to how it was. There's On the Come With Me Now video, the, some of the top comments is things like, who's listening to this in 2018? You know, because people keep rediscovering. Or who's listening to this because of the Grand Tour ad, whatever. This guy writes, who's here at 6 a.m. drinking coffee, playing poker online, eating Cheetos, and sitting naked in their beanbag chair? (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's funny. Occasionally, but that's what's weird about YouTube is that it's mostly the dumbest shit you've ever read. And then sometimes somebody will take the time to write something actually funny, really funny and clever. And you're like, what are you doing over here on YouTube? Casting pearl to swine. Yeah. And that's a, there's, a, there's a lot of them we just can't read because they're just we've got to read the, One mm. of the most annoying and wank fucking tunes I've ever had the misfortune to hear. <laughs> <laughs> and then take the time to comment on. <laughs> yeah. uh, our all-time favorite, in fact, our old manager framed this one, and he has it on his wall. Says, why so, and they'll come with me now video, why so many views? It's catchy, but kind of gayish and repetitive. One hit wonders for sure. Plus, they look Jewish, which is, of course, a deal breaker for me and many others. Pfft, disliked. <laughs> the multi dimensions of idiocy in that comment are right. amazing. The, yeah, it's like what deal is being made? <laughs> what that's that is now being broken in his head. Yeah. It's a deal breaker. Yeah, I mean that. Like he literally ticked all the boxes. For a sociopath in that mm. comment. <laughs> I'm not for locking people up based on what they say, but there's some YouTube people I've met but who I'd be fine with. is he saying that the deal breaker is that we look Jewish or being Jewish is the deal? Is it just the look? I, or like who, what? who knows? <laughs> He's, yeah. There's, what's that movie with the pre-crime uh, minority report? Yeah. yeah there's, it's, they're not even going to need the pre-crime thing because people are just now telegraphing that they're psychopaths. Yeah, <laughs> this, is, this is funny. Uh, you know, one of the first stations to really support us was 101 um, KQX in Chicago, and this person tweets them says, "Hey KQX, I consider it a personal insult every time you play Come With Me Now by Congos. It's one of the we were, worst songs I've heard." Haha, uh-huh. I read that one already, and you weren't <laughs> paying attention. <laughs> I, I, did you guys have both do the same thing to each other? Because now I, I missed both of those. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there's, that's it. Yeah, that podcast is over. Let's end on a positive note. Can you find another, just one more comment that we can that insults us to end on a positive note? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. We've read most of the good ones that are readable. I'll just I'll say, fuck you guys. <laughs> All right. 
A um, couple things, if you're listening to this. We've put out a behind-the-song for our song, Stand Up, of 1929 Part 1, so check that out. And then over the next couple of weeks, we'll be putting out one for every song on the album. Those will be coming out over the next couple of weeks. They're really interesting, I think, to other people, not to us, <laughs> because we just talk about how we made the song, and we know how we made the song, but I know I've talked to a bunch of people, and they do find it quite interesting to see how we made them, so check those out on the YouTubes. Also, we put out a lyric video for 4543 that Danny made, and I think it's one of our coolest ones yet, uh, so that's on YouTube, the lyric video for 4543. Um, check that out. Spread the word, as always about bus call about the new album and all of that and if you want to help support this podcast directly head to patreon.com slash k-o-n-g-o-s congos and for two dollars a month you can get the ad-free version of this and help keep cookies cracker habit going anything else anybody sounds like it all right see you guys Soon next to be week a, uh, david getter <laughs> addiction <laughs> <laughs> all right see ya bye guys 